Hey, this is Sandy, and you're listening to WTF. What's the function? Enrichment. Synonymous with toy or thing tossed out for an animal while we cross our fingers for some interaction. What interaction exactly? Meh, anything will do. Just do something, right? It's fine. That's sort of how I was taught, too. There was a list of approved items that could be used, and I rotated through them supposedly to keep them novel. Pacing polar bear? Toss enrichment during. Pacing polar bear? Move logs to block him. That's enriching, yeah? So what is enrichment? The AZA Behavioral Advisory Group defines it as a process for improving or enhancing animal environments and care within the context of their inhabitants' behavioral biology and natural history. It is a dynamic process in which changes to structures and husbandry practices are made with the goal of increasing behavioral choices available to the animals and drawing out their species-appropriate behaviors and abilities, thus enhancing animal welfare. Well, shit, when was the last time we looked at our enrichment schedule and saw anything to do with species-appropriate behaviors? Enrichment schedules today are typically item-based. Here's your list of approved items. Now make sure that you use different stuff every day to keep it interesting and enriching. But is it though? Are you dishing out enrichment items to encourage species-appropriate behaviors, or are you doing it to keep them busy, prevent them from being bored? One of these can be measured, one of them can't, and therein lies our problem. If we can't measure our successes and failures, how can we do better for them? Enrichment schedules. Can we just flip it upside down though? Rather than having a calendar of stuff to pass out and hope for interaction, can we have a calendar of target behaviors and use that approved item list to elicit a specific targeted species appropriate behavior that we would like to see? So rather than boxes on Tuesdays, we have foraging on Tuesday and a subcategory under there that says increase the duration of time spent searching for food items out on exhibit. Now, rather than throwing out toys and hoping for the best, we're setting a goal, a measurable goal. How long did that animal spend in search of that enrichment item? We can deliver enrichment and measure its efficacy. Poof, science. Okay, so enrichment one step further. Raise your hand if you've ever delivered enrichment in an attempt to decrease or eliminate a stereotypic behavior. Me, pick me. I have. You probably have, and someone you work with for sure has. So why isn't this ideal? I gave a talk about this at ABMA that earned the Welfare Advancement Award called When Enrichment Isn't Helping. So if you have an ABMA membership, go check it out. And if you don't have an ABMA membership, I suggest you do that regardless of the species you're working with. Ethically, and because we're all badass trainers, we need to be identifying the function of a behavior, including stereotypies, before attempting to modify them, even by, air quotes, just adding enrichment. If you want a quick breakdown on functions, check out episode three. So why are stereotypies and enrichment maybe not the best combo, especially without first identifying the function? Best case scenario, you temporarily decrease the behavior. Most meh scenario, no change to the stereotypic behavior is seen. Worst case scenario, especially without first identifying the function of that stereotypic behavior, Accidentally maintaining that very behavior you were working so hard to decrease. I mean, that blows all this time. You've been concerned about their stereotypy and you've been accidentally maintaining it the entire time through enrichment you thought was helping. Shit, this isn't just a mistake that baby first year trainers make. The coolest example of accidentally reinforcing or maintaining a behavior that was meant to be decreased is on episode three at about 220. 
Enrichment and stereotypies and other unwanted behaviors tend to go hand in hand. Why? Because the squeaky wheel gets the oil or the grease, whatever. The animal that's causing you the most grief is going to be the one that pulls your attention, your time, all your resources. That turns your day into animal displaying unwanted behavior, gets all the bells and whistles for enrichment. Literally, we have animals playing bells and blowing whistles, while the rest of our charges are getting by with the same old, same old items that were approved five years ago on the enrichment calendar. Enrichment is not a quick fix for unwanted behavior, stereotypies included. For those, we need to identify the function and develop a behavioral intervention plan accordingly. So now that we know better, we do better. No more enrichment calendars based solely on items. Should we trash them? No. Should we modify how we set them up? Uh Uh-huh. So how do we revamp an enrichment schedule? An ethogram is a brilliant place. Looking into a species' typical behaviors can give us a grand look at potential behaviors to increase in frequency or duration, even introduce new behaviors entirely. Before working with elephants, I knew nothing about bark stripping. They're brilliantly capable of taking a mesquite branch into their mouths and with a few little twirls, tossing a bear stick onto the ground. Not a bit of bark left. And bark stripping is not a behavior that I see on elephant ethograms very often. And it's something that I hold so close to me because it's just this big, massive, cool animal. And what a delicate, dainty behavior to be able to see them do. From there, we look at an individual's abilities. Fortunately, our charges are surviving ailments and living longer, giving us special populations to take into consideration. I don't expect flight from my one-winged Amazon or my naked cockatoo, but both participate heavily in foraging. That looks very different for the two flightless birds. The tiny cockatoo forages mainly at ground level and the Amazon primarily up in canopy. Where one excels in foraging boxes on the floor, the other wouldn't set foot on the ground, and where he thrives, hanging upside down with hanging acrylic puzzle feeders, she would never waste her time. One size does not fit all, but with some insight on your animal's natural history and knowing the individuals in your care, we can develop some bomb-ass effective enrichment. So what is effective enrichment? Well, that depends on what your goals are. Collect data. It's all about data. Without it, you're likely spending your very little time dishing out items that may get meh results when you could be enriching the shit out of environments with the same time allotment. Collect data. Your enrichment schedule today has foraging, and the subcategory is increased duration spent manipulating the device. You're going to measure how much time a mandrel spends manipulating a foraging device and whether or not he gets to the food successfully. Foraging can mean searching for food, manipulating the item, ingesting the item. The word foraging is subjective. You and Keeper Karen could be on two totally different pages. By breaking a behavior down to a point where they can be operationally defined, we're going to get clearer results. To operationally define a behavior, we have to identify an event or condition so specifically that another keeper or trainer could look for the exact same thing without ever having to ask you to clarify. I would love to hear changes that you're making to an enrichment program, an enrichment schedule, or maybe enrichment for one animal that's on your team. Just remember, before you touch a behavior, ask yourself, WTF? What's the function? 